for me, I love to travel. Yeah. So I have so many moments where I've just jumped on a plane before a comp and like flown to Queensland just to tan. When you go through heavy shit, you realize how strong you can be and you yeah. realize there is an absolute like monster inside of you and your ability to control the monster is what makes you successful. He went into that deep, dark state of depression and I'm like, it's so important for athletes to prepare. The amount of rumors I've heard about myself, it just makes me laugh now. Whereas I used to cry myself like, she's fat, she's this, she doesn't care. I'm like, no, I still care. I just don't post about my training usually because when I'm training, I'm, I'm training. Training, yeah. Mitch Creek, Beck Cole, for champion, this is The Performance Circus. <laughs> Welcome to The Performance Circus with myself, Mitch Creek, and the lovely Beck Cole. We dive into everything physical, mental, and lifestyle success. Today, we have an amazing guest, but first of all, Beck, welcome back. How are we? I'm stunning. Uh, I've missed you, Creaky, so I'm glad oh, we're back nice. here with an incredible guest that I can't wait to talk about. Well, I'll let you introduce her in a second. I appreciate the little pump up to make me feel like I was missed in the interim. But who have we got today? Introduce her and a little bit about her. So she's a queen of the track. And if you don't see her on the track, you'll see her probably on social media with big brands like Team Jagged, Mizuno Australia, F45 mm -hmm. Training. You know, oh, maybe yeah. she's rubbing, rubbing some shoulders with some A-list celebrities, really into fashion. You might see her on the red carpet. Um, but welcome, the queen of the track and the stunning Morgan Mitchell. Oh, round of applause. Thanks, guys. I was not expecting that. What a hype up. Thank How God for those tissues. I'm already sweating. <laughs> it's so funny. I forget what I've actually done in my career and what I'm doing. And then when someone mentions it, I'm like, <laughs> little like we we're just saying, little on me from Werribee, like, random. But yeah, you, you forget that you've been taken out of the sticks, and you've done a whole bunch of great in your life, and then you kind of get stuck in the rat race, and all of a sudden you're like, "Fuck, I haven't done anything. Like, I need to do something. I need to be active." I and think, then someone tells you, and you're like, "Oh, yeah, I I'm actually pretty good. Up. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually pretty good." Yeah, I think that's the best part about you guys will understand. Like being an athlete, we're hardwired to just work hard, work harder, work harder, work harder. That we just don't have an off switch. And I'm kind of glad that that translates into my normal life and everyday life. But at the same time, I wouldn't mind a full eight hours sleep. <laughs> Fact. What's and, that? <laughs> and I think this is why we're excited to talk to you is because I feel like you're an onion. If people don't really know you, there is just so many layers and so many things oh, to you, I was right? Like, people cry. <laughs> you're like donkey as well. <laughs> And Shrek, kind of the same. You're an onion. It's all the same. Yeah. But it's like you've been to world championships, you've been to an Olympic Games, you've been to Commonwealth Games. Like that is so amazing. Yeah. Facts, you should be so proud of that. And then what I love is you've built this personal brand. You're working with all these brands and I can't wait to dive in to be like, how did you get there, first of all, but also – it's being your true authentic self, which mm. Creaky and I are all about. And I feel like that's maybe what has helped you got to where you are. And if I was a little girl, I'd honestly be like, I want to look up to Morgan <laughs> and what she's done and like how she's just gone about life in such an amazing way, being her, achieved all these things. Yeah. So maybe let's start off with athletics because I feel like <laughs> track and field, if you're not in it, I feel like not a lot of Australians know a lot about it. No. So could you maybe take us through like, your daily schedule, uh, like weekly schedule and the fact that you have to wait like months in between competitions. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty hectic. Like we, my weekly schedule starts obviously on a Monday 
I'm in the gym and on the track, so it's a full day, eight hours with, you know, recovery and physio in between. And then Tuesday is another track day. Wednesday's more gym and a jog. I love to box. I love jujitsu. I love all of that. So that's my way of keeping fit away from the track when I have to do cross training. I'm not really big on the elliptical and yeah, nah, nah, I can't no do thanks. it. Forget about it. No, no one needs the elliptical. Yeah, like nah. Just pushing and pulling like an absolute turkey. This is a horrible machine. You see it people sucks. on it and you're like, this is doing you For no justice, love. Like For get off reason. and just lift the weight, please. Yeah. And then, yeah, Thursday's um, gym and track. Friday is sometimes a day off depending on what my coach wants from me. I love her. Bit of a hard ass, but I just, I'm like, if that's what she wants, if I get a day off, I'll take it. If not, I'm back in the gym or on the track. And then, yeah, Saturday's usually like a lactic day and Sunday's just a long run. And it's kind of annoying because it's, we do that day in and day out for about five months in the lead up to a major. Then we have nationals, have another big break. We'll go away. We'll do a training camp, which I'm not mad about. I get to choose my training camp this year. Stunning. (laughs) For the first time ever. Hawaii is where I've picked. Yeah. Okay. Well, it used to be Flagstaff. Have you guys Uh, been there? Nah. Like north of Phoenix, up in the in the hills. Oh, the hills. hills. Oh, that's that sounds brutal. like trauma. Yeah. It's like altitude yeah. training. It's a vertical. Yeah. And there's nothing there. And I said to my coach, the older I get, the more I want to have fun with the sport because mm-hmm. I don't know how many years I have left, right? So yeah, we're there for a few months, and then everything finally kicks off with the European season. I feel like it might be similar to basketball. Like you have the Aussie season, and then the European American season, where you can get yep. the opportunity opportunity to go, to go over and compete. Yeah. And so for us, we go world champs straight into Com Games, into another world champs, into another Olympics. So you still cycle each year for a major, but the biggest one for athletics is the Olympics because how many of us in this room have actually watched the world champs? No. Yeah. Well, I watched <laughs> the Diamond League. I used to do oh, track growing so up, so it. I like love the Diamond yeah. League, KO get on. Yeah, love yeah. it. Yeah. See, if you ran, you get it, but if you never run in your life you're just like well cool i just want to see usain bolt run the 100 yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everyone just move on and everyone looks at the olympic track and field and go oh there it is oh five days time four o'clock in the a.m oh, yeah okay who cares yeah. we'll wait for that. and it's <laughs> yeah. like what happened we won 12 gold medals seven silvers and it's like no. but who are they what do they do yeah no one really cares you're right it's kind of the glorified one but when you have that kind of you have the end goal of like yeah. i want to be a gold medal olympian yeah but everything else in between is a is a like a, it's still a major achievement, it's still a major goal, mm. still a major mindset shift. But it's the peak season, and then it's the downtime, yeah. and then it's the balance, and then it's not too much, not too little. How do you find some sort of normality in life when every day is scheduled, every day is to what your coach needs? What do you need to feel like you can perform at your best? Like, what does that look like for you? Is it the like the regime that's given to you or is it really like such a nerd you're gonna find a lot out this is great or is it like i need to go and push it one way push it the other way and then i need to go and do some wild shit on the side like if you say you need to go ride an elephant up a hill like on a handstand i'd be like fuck that's sick like go for it like that's mad that's you for for like no no not an elephant sorry rock up on a motorbike i was like what yeah like he goes and jumps out of planes as like a i'm calming down like, oh. hey, here's a rest day. Let me jump out of a plane. Like, that's him. 
Can I say fuck? What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can pay. I'm terrified of heights. Are you really? Um, there's no amount of money. No so amount. So you, you got gold grills, tattoos, you got <laughs> yeah. Werribee, and yeah. you're scared of heights. Terrified of the heights? Spiders? Dark? No, nah, spiders I don't you're mind. You're scared of the dark terrified and you're wearing two black too. items. Yeah. Well, it's not dark. I can see. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky you got lights on. Seriously, you're scared of the dark. Maybe just... Un- yeah. <laughs> Whoa, I mean, too soon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, what pause. else? The dark heights is one more. Oh, tight spaces. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everyone no. keeps asking me to go on um, SAS. Nah. And I'm like, I have no reason to shit myself on national television <laughs> in front of everyone. Like, I'm not getting paid enough for that. What the f- Like, oh, it's so, you know, it's life changing. Cool. I'm happy with my life. Yeah. I don't want to change. Mine doesn't need to change. Like, like, I if you know I'm a, a, in a little cave. We did it at a school camp one no. time. Are you scared? And I remember everyone was. Like tiny, and this is when I had a massive growth spurt. Now, um, I'll show you the photo afterwards. I looked f- stupid when I was young. I was tall, covered in acne, and just was gangly as hell. I looked like one of the worms from Men in Black. And <laughs> I, I remember going on a school camp, and they're like, hey, we're going to go do cave diving. Here's me thinking, cool, cave diving. That sounds fun, like whatever. And I remember getting into a tight space, and I instantly had never felt fear ever in my life grew up on a farm bikes always you get knocked down you break your arm whatever it is it'd be like oh if the bones run out of the skin you're fine go inside like just wash it off built different and i I rolled into this cave thinking like oh it'd be easy i got halfway through and they go the only way at this point is through you can't go back oh that triggered see you later i remember sitting (laughs) there like how old? I was like, oh, I would have been early teens, like 10, 11. And I just remember thinking That's like, I'm teens, stuck. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was last year actually. <laughs> but I was stuck and I was like, I can't get out. And fear hit me for the first time. And I was like, that's what fear feels like. That is Welcome the worst fear my in the world. And that's the one thing I won't ever do again is really? crawl through a tight space. Like At that. all. What nah. about being stuck in an elevator? So that's okay. I can, I can live with that. It depends who you're stuck in the elevator with. No, no, no chance. No, no, no. We were in France for training. I had my four best friends. We're all, and there's, you know, how they've got the height, uh, not the height, the um, number of people. There's a weight restriction, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I'm looking. This elevator is built in like 1840. (laughs) They know I'm scared of heights and I'm scared of tight spaces. We're going up. We're on the top floor. I look at them all and I say, you fucking bitches. You know I'm scared. There's six flights of stairs that I don't want to walk up. Please just don't jump. One of my best mates, Alice, she gets in there and goes... (laughs) <laughs> I lost it. I got out and every single day for a month, I would walk the six flights. Fuck, I'm not doing that. Mm-mm. She ruined it. Not she absolutely she just, ruined it. She just looks at me. She's like, <laughs> the way she jumped, I was like, I hate you. <laughs> Why are we mates? <laughs> that's, a, that's a triggering thing that I think everyone has done in their lifetime. <sighs> when someone feels awkward in a, in a tight space and you jump in the elevator and the one day it's actually going to snap and you're going to feel bad. Just look at him on well, your way down. Like, like, probably oh, be dead. So there's I nothing to feel sorry about. And you're dead. So. <laughs> yeah. It's unfortunate. And you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> but, but back to going. Sorry, what was the question? Yeah, no, right. <laughs> that was a big segue. You asked it. I think. What would? What? Yeah, I don't even remember. I can't remember what I asked. Oh, like you. in between the big meets. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, for me, it's a pet peeve waiting all week to play mm. on a Sunday. Like, mm. you don't get that. I know you have your uh, national in Australian, yeah. your meets, but like. No offense, I'm sure no, you're winning that by one million minutes. Not that so <laughs> but like, wh- what gets you through in the daily grind of being able to be like, okay, I have three months till I finally, you know, I'm going overseas and yeah. I'm doing something that I love in a great country. Like, what gets you through that? 
my coach is going to hate me. <laughs> I hope she doesn't watch this. <laughs> but for me, I love to travel. Yeah. So I have so many moments where I've just jumped on a plane before a comp and like flown to Queensland just to tan. <laughs> love that. Because <laughs> I just, I said to her, I was like, life's for living. And again, growing up in Werribee with a single mum and no money, I was like, I'm going to take every opportunity I can. And I love doing stuff by myself. Like I have my best friends, but they know like, I absolutely, I have my Sudoku book. I got a travel chess set for all the oldies that want to play with me. Yeah. As you can learn a lot from all. Chess club in year chess, five and yeah, six. It's so fun. <laughs> I love chess. Um, and then, yeah, just online shopping. And I just love doing things that I can do on my own. So you'll find me like, yeah, we have a friend's family farm that I like to drive to just to zone out and like kick back. I think it's the same. Like it's nice relating to you two because you understand that when you're playing, all eyes are on you. And then in the lead up, all eyes are on you. Five days after, they're probably criticizing the game and X, Y, and Z. So I love just, you'll literally find me in a different state sometimes. Nah, that's <laughs> Or overseas. I once went to America for a week <laughs> before training. Do you, when you're away, are you training or it's like, nah, I'm not doing a thing to do with athletics, like this is me time? Oh, no, I'll still train yeah. for sure. But I think because I'm more into that like fashion entertainment world, mm -hmm. I don't even watch sport half the time. Yeah. I love live sport. If a friend's competing, I'll watch. But for me, I'm like, I just don't want to hear about it. We're mm. always, I've been surrounded by sport for what? Oh, yeah, 29 years of my life. Like, I really don't want to talk about running <laughs> when I'm trying to tan and swim in Queensland. What yeah. No one wants that. Yeah, it's, so a just, it's a balance that we have to all find. And if you don't find it, you end up going fucking bananas. And it's too hard mm. to get away from. You're right. Your phone blows up. I yeah. remember like, you wake up, your phone's going off. There's, 10, 15, 20 oh, things and you're like, okay, I know I've got a lot on my plate but I don't really want to have to be an adult today. Yeah. I want to just disappear a little bit. Yeah. So, I think say. that for all of us, we have to find that balance and for a lot of people yeah. that listen, it's about finding the balance with whatever you do. Mm. So, if you've got a job and you work in nine to five and you're like, I need to provide more, you have to find either how to make more money in less yeah. time or you supplement your time to make more money. Yeah. But for us, it's like if you don't go in and train, you know that there's going to be a point where it could come back and bite you in the ass. Yeah. Have you had that? Like, have you had the yeah. moments where you go into a meet and you're like, okay, I've got prerequisite times and distances and things I have to hit. I've yeah. got my KPIs. But ha like, has there been moments and do you want to kind of share a bit of that? I know it's never easy saying, hey, I went underdone, but I'm oh. proud enough to say, you know what? <laughs> Always. I, I fucking didn't do any extras this week and I played like shit and I go home and I go, well, I laid a lemon because I was a lemon <laughs> this week. So, I laid 11. I've never yeah. heard that. It's an absolute <laughs> shit show, but yeah. I deserve that this week. Yeah. So, have you felt that? And then how do you, like, have you learned from it? Like, how does that feel for you now that you're kind of at that point in your career? I, it's kind of funny. Like, when I was younger, I was not vulnerable at all. I would just blame, 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 blame. And then the older I got with injury, the worst time was the Tokyo 2021 Olympics. I went in with a um, partially torn Achilles. And so talk about underdone, I made the team, which is, I don't know anyone that's done that. It's pretty sick. We kept it on the down low because I didn't want to be that person that just complains like, ah, oh, fuck my leg. Like when everyone else, we're going through COVID, everyone else is struggling. And so that was one of them. Yeah, that no com games 2014, I went in overweight, <laughs> got dragged for that. I, yeah, no, it was bad. I've been through the ringer and I think I've learned, like we said, having a life outside of athletics, going in underdone acknowledging and just being vulnerable with, yeah, I screwed up, won't have, hopefully won't happen again. And then understanding that it, the sport doesn't define me. I think that's what helps. And coming fucking, I can say, I came dead last. Oh, 
a girl kind of pulled her hammy in the race. So technically seventh, but dead last. Lost on a torn hamstring. Yeah, yeah, dead last Noble. with the torn Achilles. And I just walked off like, what have I fucking done? That's so embarrassing. Why did I do that? But it taught me so much about myself. And I thought, okay, while I'm injured, I'm going to work hard away from the track to build relationships with all my sponsors, find new ones, people that have similar interests with what I'm into and kind of move on from there to like not only, I guess, cancel out all the negative backlash that comes with being underdone, but to move forward and be like, okay, it's just, at the end of the day, it is just running. Like I've seen a lot of, you know, world champions, Olympic champions finish the sport with nothing and go on Instagram and ask for a job. Mm. So I'm like, okay, I don't want to be that. Whether you're going underdone and whether you're winning, winning medals or not, you still come out of it a completely different person and no one cares about your resume on the track. So I think that understanding that and having a life outside the sport really helped with the vulnerability because you guys know what it's like. You get you guys have to get selected for teams. Like us, if we run the time, there's no denying it. You're on the team. But how used do you have to get to being told no by people? That's the worst part, especially if you're underdone and then everyone's trying to bag you. I'm like, nah, I just don't want to do that. I want to sit down with my psych, learn how to overcome it. Mum's really honest, so she keeps me humble as well. And I think having a humble family has helped me realise it's not the end of the world if you are underdone, but own your mistakes. Like you'll get told yeah. in our family if you're doing the wrong things that, straight away. I feel like that's definitely that we were speaking about our parents a lot uh, last episode and I think that's something that I think we're both very grateful for is yeah. like shoulder to cry on yeah. but pull your head out of your ass when you need to and yeah. I think it's a great mixture of both. Oh, and but that's the other thing. I kind of sometimes love the fact that you do get caught out. Like mm. I, <laughs> I've had some moments where... I'll extend my off-season a little bit too long. Like, I love my tequila. There's no hot fire. Oh, my God, I love it. Where I'll just drink that sh- halfway into the season and then I realise, like, fuck, no wonder why I'm, like, third. No wonder why I haven't run the time yet. I'm, like, drunk. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you're sweating right yeah, now. Yeah, like, yeah. Ugh, the rock. Tira- what is it? Tiramana tequila? <laughs> yeah, so it's double shot on the rocks. I love Don Julio. Oh, yeah. If anyone wants to surprise so, me. For that, yeah. <laughs> and Neho, though, I don't like silver. <laughs> I hate silver. Or- you just send it to PO Box 111 and <laughs> yeah, she yeah. will accept all gifts. Don, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's a, yeah, a great segue to go into – okay, you do all these amazing things on the track and now we've spoken about these personal relationships that you've built with sponsors. Can you maybe, I feel like for a woman athlete particularly, you've done so well in that area and especially within Australia, like I know in women's basketball we don't get anything ever. And so um, it's good to see like someone fucking work for it but also you deserve it. Like I think there's so many women who deserve it but maybe just uh, unfortunate. Do you want to take us through maybe how you've gotten to where you've been mm. at, with those certain sponsors and what what it's like being involved and how that potentially doing all that helps you on the track? Yeah. Um, fuck. This could take a minute. So, again, like I always do come back to my childhood and I think when you literally – my first job was <laughs> at Cold Rock, you know, the ice creamery. <laughs> we didn't have one in Horsham. But, uh, <laughs> oh, you're missing out. <laughs> I was just eating that all the time, oh, yeah. Dude, I swear, if they paid $50 now, I'd go back in a heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> I love working at Cold Rock. But from a young age, I knew I had to get a job to actually be able to afford anything because we had no money. So that was my first job and I remember thinking, I want to run. I want to run as fast as I can. Hopefully I can make millions. I realise athletics isn't the sport if you want to make millions. (laughs) But I knew if I ran fast and marketed myself in a way that would benefit me, sweet. So I remember reading a book about um, Charles Manson, you know, the serial killer? Mm. Yeah. 
I'm into like crime and all of that. And in that book, they said he read a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I didn't tell anyone this for a long time. I kind of like, I was a bit of a gatekeeper with it. I read this book and I thought, fuck, no wonder why this dude could control a whole group of people and get them to do whatever he wanted. It's just about how he connected with them. And that has honestly been the turning point for my career, reading that book and understanding like everyone has their own personality, upbringing and background and just how to, in a, an honest way, the fucking title sounds arrogant as, but how to actually create connections with sponsors. So what I tell my manager and anyone I work with is ask them for a coffee. Ask them about their favorite color. You might find that you have something in common. Like, I love learning Spanish. I don't know, one of the girls at Maybelline likes Spanish. Then they really want to get to know you because you have that connection. And a lot of people don't want to do that. And I find it hilarious with a lot of athletes because you got to understand your worth. It's about being vulnerable, right? Like, I know my worth. I know where I sit on the scale. And just being vulnerable with, okay, I'm not worth $100,000 yet. I'm not worth $50,000 yet. Like, it's about working your way to the top. And I think... The thing that really worked well was understanding that these people I'm trying to connect with are humans as well. We always say, oh, athletes are humans. You have to, you know, be mindful. No shit. <laughs> yeah. But the people we're working for, it's not their life. They're humans too. So connecting with them on that deeper level is honestly what's helped me immensely. And it's funny, I'm actually in the process of kind of creating a bit of a marketing tool for athletes because I do want to help the next generation. Like I haven't made a team since Tokyo 2021 but to still have a you know a very somewhat I don't want to I don't like talking you about have money, a big presence yes but having say, a, yeah. you know a healthy income where I'm Hell independent yeah. and all that and seeing other athletes that are still making teams not reach that I'm like fuck all I want to do now is actually help those people understand what it takes to get to that next level and also understanding that yes if you want the most out of athletics cool or whatever sport you also have to understand what comes with it when you finish and I see a lot of bitter athletes who went to the Olympics and that's all they wanted and then they finish bitter. And if I tell them this, like, no, nah, it's just about running and making teams. Like, yeah, but you've really got to look at life after it and take these opportunities because the older you get, the more they want the next generation. What are we yeah. up to? Like Gen Z, yeah. I don't know, so, Y, X, B, like yeah. whatever gen we're up to, they're the next crop. Yeah. So make the most of it while you can. And honestly, I get to the track and I'm like, fuck yeah, like racing this weekend, off to Torquay to watch friends surf on next weekend. Then I'm going to fly to Queensland and do something with F45. It's just really cool keeping life like interesting. I'm all about just experiences. So I think the, the biggest thing I take from that is, I mean, there's a lot there for people to understand and it's about, you're right. Yes. That chain of, oh, she's a great person. She's a mate. Oh, she's this. She gives this. Then all of a sudden you have a spider web of connections. Yeah. And when you have a spider web of connections, you're always <laughs> going to have it, right? Yeah. So people need to understand in every single job, no matter what you do, it is about establishing connection, mm. care and compassion. And if you have that and you have an authentic, you know, conversation with people once a week, that's all I try and say to people. Have one authentic conversation yeah. per person in your workplace once a week you'll get a raise or you'll find a connection somewhere else with a better opportunity. Yeah, and it's quite crazy I think these days people are so quick to jump on the next big thing and then they fall short because all they care about is the business transaction. I'm like, well, if you don't give a fuck about them, what makes you think they're going to give a fuck hey, man, about so you? Yeah, you'll be gone. And I'll also say, I think, again, it stems from my upbringing with my mum. She always reminds me, like, make sure you give back to the community. Make sure you do something for free. Not everything is money because you'll find that karma is going to come back around in all sorts of ways for you in the future. And again, it's not, it is in a sense selfish, but the joy I actually get for giving back 
is insane. I do actually genuinely get joy out of like, honestly, it's just about helping the next generation and even helping the men and women in our generation because you know what it's like. The sport just goes by. Like I probably have next year, if I can be bothered going to LA, hopefully LA, I'll be 33, but fuck between next year and LA, I don't know what I'm going to do and it could end at any time. So yeah, I think I want to encourage athletes to like not your work, I think I do something with it. And I think that's what's so important is you could also finish your career on a your Achilles, right? Say if you fully bloody ruptured that. Who who knows? Hey, I did it. What way? <laughs> no, but I like snap mine, I'm good. How long did it take to come back? Uh, Touch wood, everyone. Yeah. Like, nine nine months. So they say about twelve months, but I was back playing hundred percent in nine months. But it was wasn't it wasn't fun. So don't do that. Hang on, how did you do it? Um, I was running. It's on YouTube if you want to suss it out. Someone recorded it and put it up. It says, Mitch Creek snaps Killy. I was like, yeah, thanks, dickhead. <laughs> and the worst thing is got people have been watching it. Like, you fucking assholes. When was this? Uh, this was 2014. So, I was about four years, uh, yeah, three, four years into the league. And uh-huh. I was, we had a, a like a free throw or something like that. And we went to, I went to basically defend the person inbounding the ball. Yeah. And I ran from essentially the baseline where the ball was coming in, about three backward steps to the foul line. And then I was like, oh, I should probably pick up the ball. So I went to defend and I pushed forward at 30% of my ability to push forward. And my leg just slingshot in front of me. And I turned around and I was like, oh, someone shot me in the back of the leg. That's what everyone says. And that's the first thing I thought like that. And then I turned around when I hit the deck and I was like, that kind of hurts, looked around and no one was there. And I was like, instantly, I just remember crying like, immediately thinking i've done my achilles i know that like i 100 percent know that and then you know lo and behold they walked in they pushed down my calf it was like achilles 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 whoop. and i was like well that's where it's that's where it snapped like right there so yeah i, I don't recommend um no doing that you guys won't Obviously see me if I do not. That. No. i'm going to the philippines or something yeah. <laughs> i'm just gonna disappear <laughs> Just but, go have some tequila and you'll be fine. Yeah, what a kill is But that's the thing. As an athlete, can your career can end at like any moment. Any moment. And mm. I think it's so important, like you said, athletes can be bitter or they literally – you could be the number one track and field athlete or number one basketballer in the world. And if you have nothing ready going for you after you finished, I've seen – I remember chatting with Mark Worthington being like, how do you know like when you were ready to retire? And like he told me about that experience, but he's like – even though I knew I was ready and he had stuff going on, how he went into that like deep, dark state of depression. And I'm like, it's so important for athletes to prepare. And I think especially mm. females, if there's not as much, you know, going on and all you do is have your eyes set on one thing. And I find even doing this when we do the commentating mm. and all that, I play better when I have like other things yeah. going on and I like that I'm still passionate about. And that's why I'm real intrigued. Obviously, you're a fashion student. You're really into that. Love it. Should have been done three years ago. (laughs) Let's maybe not talk about it. No, but we're busy traveling to Tannin. So, yeah. Yeah. Another defer? Yeah, every time. How many do you get? Two. And I think I've pushed it for three. I had a elite athlete. You get an extra quota. Yeah. Really fast at running. Pardon? Does the dean have a kid that wants to be really fast at running? No, they have no idea about athletics. They're like, you Uh, what? Yeah. You can't get a you can't get a whole pass. Sorry, nah, you know. I get shit. Great, great uni though. Shout out Collarts. <laughs> but do you find 
doing all that and being creative, one, does that make you better on the track, do you think? And then I guess my second question, do you find maybe there's haters, people who are jealous, whatever it is, do they then question you because you're so active in other things that you do outside of your sport? Hey, you're not actually giving 100% to track, so this is why you didn't come first. (laughs) It's so funny. And does that piss you off? Because it pisses me off asking that question. (laughs) Hang on, what was the first question? I just started laughing because <laughs> it does happen. It's like I study fashion. I love fashion more than anything. I love the entertainment industry more than anything because I just, I genuinely just love a good time. So, yeah. And it's nice because you can see it on the track. Like I helped design the Jagged Athletics kit, which is cool. Everyone looks hot. Everyone's happy. That's all I want is to make other people look hot. And then, yeah, I'll, you know, wear jewelry, wear grills, have the tats, whatever. And I'm like, well, it's just kind of who I am. Like it's not. I'm not really trying to do anything. I just genuinely really, I think I really know myself as a person. And then obviously what comes with that is a backlash. Like, (laughs) fuck, I don't know why it makes me laugh now because I used to cry myself to sleep with the amount of bullying I'd go through. And a lot of people would be like, what do you mean? What do you mean? You think I don't fucking hear you? You think I don't hear people spreading? The amount of rumors I've heard about myself on the track, off the track, at any point, it just makes me laugh now. Whereas I used to cry myself, like, she's fat, she's this, she doesn't care. I'm like, no, I still care. I just don't post about my training usually because when I'm training, I'm, I'm training. Training, yeah. I can't, I don't even own a tripod. What do you want me to yeah. <laughs> My coach just smack me. Like, what are you doing? Hey, guys, I'm just going to feel me coming off the block. So yeah. are you ready? Yeah. And, like, <laughs> if we get worst, some, right? yeah. And we- you go to the gym and people, like, you'll be doing squats and a guy just, like, goes in, like, metal magnets against the wall and he's just, like, Dickhead. Can I? <laughs> ah! start I just doing do some chins. I just want to do some yeah. like strict pull-ups. I don't it's want to watch you do half rep a squat. That's exactly how I feel. And it's kind of disappointing because especially in athletics, I find people are always complaining about the funding. We need more funding. Athletes need to be paid. Rah, rah, rah. I finally find an avenue to earn an income or, you know, several different avenues. And that's when the backlash comes and it's like, wait. We've been talking about wanting to fund athletes. There's no funding. So I went out and did it myself. Mm. And now I'm like a villain. Like, are you kidding me? What do you want me to do? Is this like go fund me for everyone? Am I meant to flick my packet around? Like I actually worked hard. And I think for the longest time I would always feel guilty. People would ask me like, oh, my God, athlete. Oh, my God, this. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like fuck, it's fun. But like don't talk to me about it because I don't like talking about myself. And now I'm like, nah, you know what? With the way I grew up, the things I've been through, the things I've had to overcome as a child, I don't think anyone would actually want my life and where I am now because of the amount of hard work I've like actually had to put in behind the scenes that a lot of people don't see. And so, yeah, if you just, I think the, it comes with wisdom. You know, you get to your 30s, 29, 30, I'm pushing it, <laughs> almost what's 30. A, what's a 30? I haven't oh, heard no, I'm one year away, fuck. But the older I get, the more I realise I just don't fucking care. Like I'm not put on this mm. earth for other people. I Go get some fresh air. Like I just don't want to hear it. And they're always the people that are sad. They're falling behind. They don't know themselves. So all you can do is, I don't really believe in anything, but all you can do is pray for them. <laughs> Have a nice life. <laughs> I heard a thing like oh, quite a long time ago, but it was if you had a child today Ooh, and, you could, and you could and you could fast forward. It's like fitting a triangle in a circle. It just doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was saying that if you had a child today and in 18 years' time they become an adult, what – things would you put that child through what tests what trials what things would you put them through if you could choose to make them like resilient adaptable 
curious, attentive, hardworking, you know, all the things that we have gone through in our lives. Like I've been hit with the absolute shit stick of shovels through my career. <laughs> First, your analogies <laughs> and are me laugh. Not the fact you, that you've been hit. Yeah, it's, it's been a good hit sometimes. But you, you speak about like a really early childhood and mm. trauma from that, from what I can pick up. And you don't have to go into that, but it's like when you go through heavy shit, you realize how fucking strong you can be and yeah. you realize there is an absolute like monster inside of you and your ability to control the monster is what makes you successful. Yeah. But I think that's the biggest thing people have to take away is it, when life's easy, you're, you're not just going to be successful. It doesn't no. happen. You've got to really go through some shit and mentally, physically be in some battles and some yeah. holes that you can't get yourself out of. Yeah. And then you've got to live there and then you're like, this is rock bottom. And then you roll out of bed the next day and you're like, holy shit, that wasn't rock bottom. That was just like, <laughs> that was a warm-up. I you're hate like, when that was actually kind of fun compared to today. Yeah. <laughs> Can I go back two days when I said this is the worst day of my life? Honestly, um, welcome to my show. <laughs> welcome to the it morning It can't be that bad. It can't, no, it can. No, yeah. you know what? <laughs> it definitely can. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's what makes you great. That's oh, what makes thanks. other people in successful positions great and i think that's what we have to also lean into and say as much as we don't want people to go through what we've had to go through and you want people just to you know have the fruit yeah you got to go through planting oh, the yeah. seed throwing dirt on it mm. you know people walking all over it and then it eventually grows into something beautiful and that's where i think i think we're at at the moment in life is yeah. if we can figure out that you have to go through all this shit to then see it come through and blossom yeah then it's a pretty good journey after all no, that is true, I think. And I wouldn't, that's the funniest thing is like, I wouldn't change it for the world. If I had to raise a child, I don't even know if they'd make it to 18. <laughs> no, but yeah, I think I, it's interesting. Like, it's hard though, because you obviously wouldn't wish it on anyone else. And I always say, worse things happen to better people. And that's what's helped push me forward is like, yeah, been dealt some pretty shit cards, but it's been worse. Like, a lot of, a lot more people around the world are toughing it out even more than I am. So, the other thing that sucks for a lot of people, not sucks, obviously having a privileged upbringing is great, but they don't understand what we would have had to have gone through to get to where we are. And you just can't teach that. It's, it'd be very hard to put a child through. So I would never. <laughs> like, but it, that's the interesting thing is even for those who do have that upbringing of, you know, that privileged lifestyle, how did they, I always wonder like, how did they? <laughs> that is literally I always what wonder. I do actually wonder that though. Like how do you... Oh, fuck, if I was what would you do? Nothing. Like, but yeah. then at some point you sit there and you're like, nothing's a lot. <laughs> I don't know why you make me laugh. See, that's, but nothing. I feel that sometimes. I do nothing for half an hour and I'm like, oh, I gotta do something. Yeah, yeah. I I'm the same. Bored. I think it also that because I'm the same. Everyone knows like I'm always go, go, go. I genuinely ADHD? think. I'm, I'm not getting onto that TikTok trend. <laughs> Everyone's going, ah, idiot. No, Maybe actually, definitely, no. <laughs> definitely think that I, there's a high chance that I do. <laughs> I'm 100 percent on the spectrum, but I just I won't get the test because I'm too stubborn. You said your schedule this week, and it literally <laughs> gave me anxiety. I was really? like, "Oh, just text really? me when you're free." It was not every hour, but somewhere else. Like, do you have a helicopter? Because I legit was like, "How do you get all these places?" Oh, I thought you were serious. I'm like, oh. I do. You want to come for a ride? <laughs> <laughs> Let me just fire up and just park oh in, the, in the Apple Pay car park. Across the road. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I feel like we do that though. I know I do that because I'm so scared of falling back behind and like going back to my old life. And I think that's genuinely why I keep working. I'm like a workaholic because I'm so terrified of going back to square one. 
And until, obviously, like I said, Cold Rock raised their prices, I will not be going back to square one. It was $8 an hour. Like, what the fuck? Um, so, yeah, I think that's genuine, genuinely the reason why I'm like, go, 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 go. What can I do next? What, how can I better myself? How can I improve, you know, my family, athletes, the environment, like all different pillars that are important to me. How can I just make them consistently, like, better? So, yeah. I think it's pretty cool because it's it's the biggest question we all ask ourselves every day is like, how do we get to the next day happy? Mm, mm. And you try and figure it out that day. And every day you kind of have a reset of 24 hours and you go to bed, you wake up. And it's like, how can I have a great day today? Yeah. And along that, people go, oh, money isn't everything. It's like, okay, cool. No worries. I agree with you. Money isn't everything no. because my mom and dad didn't have a lot of it and that's fine. But my mum's mum and dad definitely didn't have a lot of it and then so on and so forth. But nowadays, it's like, well, how do you pay for your rent? How do you pay for a vehicle? How do you pay for servicing? <laughs> how do you pay for how food? Do you pay for how anything? do you pay for a $23 piccolo? Like, whatever it is. You've <laughs> One got kind to- of is a little bit of crazy. <laughs> but- Can you imagine, like, here's a, here's a Southside Fly is a, what is it, Melbourne Phoenix? Yeah, it's the Melbourne Phoenix. Is it Melbourne Phoenix? Something like that. Yeah, it's what close it? enough. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Is it? No, South, we'll South East Melbourne <laughs> Phoenix. Oh, I just wanted to keep going. Melbourne Phoenix. Sam Phoenix. But can you imagine? Okay, here's rent. Yeah. <laughs> Number 22, thanks. Like, yeah. the fuck? <laughs> Mate, I would be giving away a lot if rent, you could pay with, you know, your jerseys and spikes and stuff in rent. That's crazy. Awesome. But it's, it's finding a way to, like, how can you support yourself? How can you mm. support your family? How can you support others around you? And still be comfortable. And then it's like, okay, well, there's another thing I can do. And then you feel like you're in a pretty good place and you look around for 30 seconds and you go, all right, I'm here. Like yeah. I got to an Olympics. I got to a world, you know, world, cha- world yeah. champs. You got to a whatever it is, got to the NBA and you go, fuck, I did all this work to get here and I'm yeah. here. Now and what? it's this eerie like cold feeling I felt when I was in the mm. NBA. I got picked and I was crying for two days and then I started playing my NBAs and then I was like, I remember sitting in my hotel room and I was in Boston. It was the second game I played. And it was this like $1,500 a night hotel. We walked into bars, people everywhere at 2 a.m. We flew in on a private jet. And I was just like, this is sick. And then all of a sudden I sat in the room. (laughs) I sat in the room and I was like. I want to play in the NBA. (laughs) But I said, what next? Like I've lost the bars of I got there. Like, But now what? And then I was like, this was it. I'm here now. But what what now? Who was it for? Just quickly. Uh, Brooklyn Nets was my first contract. That's sick. So it was sick. Like it was awesome. We played in Brooklyn the, on the Monday. We flew yeah. out Monday night and then we played on the Tuesday night in Boston. So we finished the game, <laughs> went straight to the airport. They put us in um, like private car service. We went to the airport and we got in the private jet and they chefs came in with food. The guys are playing, How you know, cards with hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> at a time. And it's just like, this is wild. Guys are pulling out a hundred grand stacks and playing cards. Like, I was like, this shit's crazy. <laughs> Keep going, boys. Hey, who needs a water? You want to tip me? It's like it's 20% in Australia, you assholes. (laughs) Actually, it's 50. (laughs) But that's it. You you get to a goal. You attain it. You feel like you've achieved it. You've set yourself up and then it goes, well, what next? Mm. That's always the what next because when you actually achieve your goals, it's amazing. But then you sit in it and you go, all right, well, I'm here. So, And no one else is with you at times. And you're like, this is a one-person radio for you. Yeah. For us, we have a bit of a team, but at the end of the day, you go home as captains and you're like, well, did I do a good job today? I think so. And you kind of shut off and you're sitting there like, well, what next tomorrow? What's tomorrow? And ah. that's that's the cool part for me is yeah. it's always a what next. Like, yeah. what can Jumping I do out next? of planes. And fucking- <laughs> Someone's going to do it. <laughs> just checking the cloud density on the way down just for the weatherman. <laughs> cloud density. You're kidding. What, do you mean what's next for me? 
yeah, what's next for you now? Like, what's the next thing? You've got all these feathers in your cap. Yeah, I, t- I had this conversation with the owner of Jagged the other day in a meeting and we were just talking about post-Paris. And I was like, I have all of these options. And when I was asked, I thought, fuck. Like, there's so many different things I want to do, but I really have to figure out if I want to keep running between Paris and LA or if I really want to dive deeply into fashion. And what next for me is <laughs> finish my degree, number one, but I would love to just move overseas and work for LVMH and just creative direct for different brands, high-end brands. I'd love to be that underground person where people are like, wow, we want Morgan. She's done this show. She helped Dior. She helped. I think that would just be, again, awesome. What is LMVH for the idiots LVMH? in the room like me? Don't Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy? Oh, okay. They're like the- um, What is it? Louis Vuitton- Moet Hennessy? Moet, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they're yeah. like a- um, What do you I got call? Louis. <laughs> no, no. It's like the- um, He's like, like I don't understand. They own, they own like all the Dom Hennessy. <laughs> they own all the luxury brands and pretty much help market them, sell their products. And yeah, dude's a billionaire. He's on a packet, which is cool. But I would love to work for a brand like that because you can still connect with athletes. So they're sponsoring the Olympics. Um, you can connect with models. You get to go to the parties. It's everything I've ever wanted away from the track, with still having my foot in the door in the world of sport because. I think that's the one thing I do love it. And they do really well in America and Europe and Asia, everywhere except Australia, it seems, that they do want to endorse athletes. They want to, you know, explore their the world of fashion with, you know, like the F1, the NBA walkouts, the NFL, all that. So that's like my next little goal. But I think between now and then, I'm probably just going to go to Africa for three months after Paris and like help build a village and teach the kids English and just give them all of my old athletics gear and hang out because, yeah, my – um, dad's from Miami, but we are Liberian. So I really want to go there and kind of explore that part of myself and my background. Amazing. That's yeah. awesome. That's so. really cool. If you go to Africa and you donate all your stuff, I'll donate a hundred of my Wolfpack Hoops kids' jerseys, my reversible basketball jerseys. So all the, the boys and girls in the village can play. Yeah. Hang Any on. basketball or Is stuff. Is it Yeah, shake. Yeah. yeah. Shake on that. Are you really? Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? Three-way shake. Oh, that got awkward. Hey, why don't we all yeah. end up in Africa? Yeah. <laughs> you guys are here as well. well Welcome next back episode, to the shooting from <laughs> yeah. Tanzania. Next to the giraffes. <laughs> now, that's the plan. I think definitely give back before I restart, I reckon. Um, can't tell you about athletics, though. I wouldn't mind just maybe crossing codes and trying a new sport for fun because I feel like Athletics is so, I don't know, is basketball taxing the older you get? Like, Yeah. It's pretty easy. You should give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> I used to play. I was all right. I'm not as good as you oh, guys, but I was all right. Like, oh, it's pretty easy. I miss well, that team environment. You guys are lucky. Like, is, Speaking of crossing codes, I yeah. really want to know because I don't know the answer. Is there a reason you changed from 400 to 800? Yeah, fuck. Because also <laughs> it's like that's a one lap longer and oh yeah. my god that's a lot like i don't think people understand <laughs> that's a, that's a lot like <laughs> wh- how did that They're come about suicide. no it was actually it's, <laughs> again my life fuck um it was com games 2014 how old was i no 2018 jesus how old was, anyone good at math i'm 29 negative no years ago, 24 <laughs> yeah about 24 yeah. no you're right yeah i was 23 turning 24 because i'm a Oct- i'm an october baby but Went to Com Games and three months before it, my coach and I parted ways. My gym coach went to Brazil because he met a Brazilian and fell in love and didn't tell anyone. And then my physio just didn't rock up. And this is all at the a certain institute in Melbourne. <laughs> I'm not getting sued. <laughs> and I remember this is three months before Coms and it's a home Com Games. 
And I'm running, I made it for the four on the relay. And I remember coaching myself with one of my old training partners who helped guide me along the way. And I'm sitting there, I'm standing there, sorry, on the line, like, fuck, I'm underdone because I've had to coach myself. I've lost everything. That's nuts. Yeah. That's That's like a coach and our assistant coaches and our physios being like, yeah. Hey, team, sorry. Good luck. Busy. But three months out. Fell in love. See you later. Good luck for the season. Grand finals in three weeks. I'm watching him swim in Copacabana and I'm (laughs) sitting there at this institute, like, fuck. And there was no support. And it's, it's quite funny looking back. I remember thinking, why the fuck do I do this sport? I didn't tell anyone again. Like, that's what I was going through. People just thought, oh, she signed this deal. She did too much. She did that. Like, no, actually, I don't have anything. And I'm in the system. So I finished across the line, got super drunk. <laughs> I'll tell you guys, because it was in Gold Coast, you can imagine. Ugh. Like, what is it? Surface Paradise. Surface I remember, like, Sin City. It was so bad. <laughs> Jesus. But I remember calling my now coach and I said to her, look, I'm going to go to Europe. I'm going to just holiday for a bit. When I come back, will you coach me in the 800? I just want to get fit. And she was like, random, but sure. I said, no, seriously, I'm either going to quit this sport because there's no nothing for me with the 400. Everyone keeps trying to compare me to past athletes, but I just want to love the sport again. I don't really care. Come back from Europe. I'm like 10 kilos overweight and again, drunk. <laughs> and she goes, look, just run some laps. Like we'll get you into it. And I think after a month, I looked at her and said, we're going to world champs. She was like, girlfriend, it's a new event and they're less than six months away. So we're going to world champs. I just head down, bum up. I remember it was like clockwork just to prove a point to these people that shut me down. No one wanted me to run the eight. They all wanted wanted me to run the 400. And I said, I've moved. You can't care now. Now that I've moved away from one of the golden events, the 400, and it doesn't help your media and marketing, like (laughs) there was no help. I'm not, no. And then sure enough, we made Worlds. It was pretty sick. And so I never really looked back. And I ran my first 400 in four years last week. So I think I will kind of come back to the four and do the double hopefully in Paris. That's amazing. Congrats because that's that's epic. Like going from one to the other and going through all that while drunk. So (laughs) me running a challenge. I think we have to do a behind-the-scenes challenge where we all just do like Next one, uh, we have a shot. Hundred meter race, and then we do two shots. Yeah, and we do that. Oh, like I'm 10 smoking times. both of you in the shots. Like well, you guys might actually get me the hundred meter. I'll be dead. But I can't what are your choices? Now, what are your drinks of choice? And it all depends on that. I'm a Jamison drinker. <laughs> Straight whiskey, whiskey, and then I'll drink uh, amaretto sours. Oh yuck! Okay, Celeste, if you're watching this, he likes amaretto sours. Yeah, that's my best friend in Celeste, Croatia. You're a legend. She's like, try it. It's bitter. It's you- <gasps> yeah. Well, what, amaretto oh, sours. Yeah. I. I gave her an amaretto sour <laughs> last time we went out for a few drinks and we, me like and my it? buddy went there after a race event and we're just sitting at the top of the bar, like just relaxing, catching up. And then out of nowhere, their whole team rolls up. What's up, Greggy? And she just gives me a hug. I was like, what the fuck are you doing here? It's like, it's a Friday. And I never <laughs> go out either. Like, yeah. I'm old. She goes, what are you drinking? And I was like, oh, here. And then half the team was like, just have a sip. I was like, oh, yeah, no, nah, you just have my drink. Like, it's okay. <laughs> Everyone goes, oh, that's amazing. They so I was like, they liked it. it. Oh, oh, I like it. It's, a, it's fruity and it's, you know, a little bit. It's fruity. It's a little bit no, girly. No, it's not fruity. It's sweet. It's bitter. It's like um, oh, you're cough bitter. syrup. That's but crazy. But like almond it's, cough syrup. But you know what it is? It's you the were a fake podcast, cherry on top. <laughs> <laughs> Cancelled. Huh? It's the fake show. cherry on top. I it's do disgusting. not like the red fake cherries. That I can't stand oh. for. But you know, actually, they're real cherries. You can eat them. So, yeah, no, they're fake. <laughs> No, what you guys have to try though, I love red wine. So that's my like, oh, I want to zone out. Yeah. But if you're trying to impress anyone or you're celebrating, have French 75s. Not going to oh. tell you what's in it. It's, it comes in a champagne glass, but just 
Okay. Try that. French don't go over three. Yeah, no, I need to put this in my notes. French French no, Grenache, something soft. It's Just beautiful. don't go over three is all okay. I'm saying. Right? <laughs> I, yeah. Okay, while we're speaking of this and parties and fun shit, okay, who's your most famous person in your telephone? Is it Shaq Daddy? <laughs> I don't know if I should say it. Oh, my God, you can't say that. Yeah, don't say, say it. He's actually, he's a mate. Oh. But, like, Shaq, of, like, yeah. Got his number. Mates, obviously. <laughs> just don't want people to think like, oh, my, oh God. my God, no. Yeah, there's no. It, it's just from being overseas and like being in the thick of it, I guess. You just get invited to these places. So please, anyone watching, don't think I'm arrogant. It's just the life I've been dealt. <laughs> I'm not mad. Um, I'm trying. I just don't. I get nervous. But this is the thing. Like we had Jay-Z was our team owner at Brooklyn. Yeah, that's we had sick. We had like Barack Obama come to a game, sit courtside, and he watched me warm up and I, I gave him one of these. And I just remember like looking across and the guy's like, oh, that's Barack Obama. I was like, no, it's not. And then it was just after everything. And I was just like, there's no way. And I like walked past and tried to like coyishly like, oh, I reckon I missed every shot for the next four minutes. (laughs) I was like, shit. But I walked past and there was like, he had people like around him and stuff like that sitting down. Obviously like man's rolling heavy. Yeah. But uh, I went past, I was like, oh, hey, mate. And just like, I I extended the love and I got like a soft like, <laughs> but I was like, you know what? That's pretty cool. But we had like Meek Mill, Jay Z, all these guys. We went to the clubs I and stuff love. with them. Yeah, but life funny. is so different. I feel like mm. states to here, like I love Aussie it. celebrities, is not the same. So what's the be- what's the best shindig you've been to? Like what's the ultimate? Like the mecca? You could go back, relive it again, but you have the same experience, but you'd have it for the first time again. Where are you going? Who's there? What are you doing? I went. No, I'm not going to name too many names. One time back in. 2019, I think it was. There was a party, an after party in the hills, and it happened to be on the night of my birthday. And when I tell you, I'm not going to name any names because I really don't want this certain family to come after me, but it was probably the greatest night of my life. And if I could go back right now, <laughs> thousand percent, see you guys later. <laughs> go Thanks, on back. Bye. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't want to get into too much detail, but I just, that was the coolest because you had. People I can't even imagine singing me happy birthday. You know what I mean? I thought this is just fucking epic. It's, it's amazing where you can end up. Like there's so many, like I'm sure that there's certain people that have been really successful that have stories. And I've, I know I've got a couple that I've spoken with, like some really close friends and family. And they're like, oh, no way. I don't believe you. And you show them a photo or a video. And yeah. they're just like, <gasps> yeah. You met that person and you're like, yeah. And they're like, yeah. And you were pouring shots. You're like, yeah. And they're like, no way. And you're like, they are normal people. Yeah. And they get like what I think that whole like A-list celebrity and the top of the top, they all get each other mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they all go through the same shit. Yeah. They have projection after projection. They work their asses off. They get pulled in a hundred different directions and they're yeah. successful. But then they have to put on this beautiful, you know, silver gown and just present themselves and be all eloquent and professional. But then- as soon as that door closes it's and all the cameras get turned off. <laughs> as soon as that door closes, as soon as you sign that NDA. <laughs> you are on. You are on. It's like phones in the box, box gets yeah. locked. I think that's the one thing I do like. And that's probably why I don't go out in Melbourne as much because it's just. Shit. It's, yeah, it's just not the same, you know what I mean? So, so shit. That's why I said to the girls, if we go out for my birthday next year, it's going to be overseas because I'm just not going to get anything. Not in a rude way. It's Yeah, I think it's all just, you know, what you've experienced and. You have that like, oh, I just want to do that again. <laughs> yeah. So It's like anything. You you try something, you feel what it's like, you mm. get to experience it, you enjoy it. 
driving a nice car. Yeah. Once you drive a nice car, you're like, oh, it's a, it's a bit nicer than <laughs> the old Ford Laser I had in 1984 that used to blow up. Yeah, I had a little Ford Laser hatchback and there was a four-door at the Institute. Remember that? Yeah. The boys had it. We ended up, someone stole it and crashed it. <laughs> we had a communal car that I bought for $300 out of a junkyard and we took it up to Canberra. It was my first ever car. It's it was a little Ford Laser hatchback and we all piled in, all six foot six, five of us. And we'd drive to school, it would overheat and steam. It was a pile of shit. But someone eventually stole it and then crashed a $300 car. Like, you losers. <laughs> but then now I grow up and I'm like, I love cars. I love yeah. motorbikes, obviously, like riding here today and racing, jump, like all the cool stuff that I get to do. Mm. And I'm like, I never would have thought in a million years I get to do that. But then you do it, you get a nice car and you drive it and you're like, oh, this is actually really nice. And then you get yeah. used to it. And then you go back and I still appreciate old beat up cars yeah, for like to try and build them, restore them. But that's life. Like you experience yeah. something up here and then you kind of go out here and you're like, oh, let's go to Dog and Duck in Adelaide. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, sweet. Let's go to Dog and Duck or let's go wherever. Like it, it just, it loses that sense of like, this is really exciting. Because the yeah. first time you go out in Melbourne, it's like- Best thing ever, yeah. This is like Vegas. But then once you actually start going out more, you're like, oh, this is- the same like yeah okay, yeah it's not a bad thing but yeah but i think also like one thing i really try to do every time i do get to experience that stuff again it comes back to mum because she does facetime me a lot or uh i just try to remain humble and know that it's not real life you know like you, you could imagine sometimes i walk in and i'm like what the fuck but then i get out of it and i'm like oh hollywood's actually a pretty fucked place like you can really get chewed up and spat out or I kind of try to remind myself like it's not real life. It's like a taste of fun and then you've just got to <laughs> regroup and go home the same way you came because I can't imagine changing myself for that. Do you know, Like a lot of people do go over there expecting the to become the next Brad Pitt or whatever. And it's like don't get your hopes up because that place will suck your soul out and you're not getting it back. Um, so that's one thing I just want to let the listeners know is that I'm not <laughs> – I promise I'm not arrogant. It's just, Again, it's just the cards that I was dealt and I'm not mad. You go, go, go. No, I was going to say, I think that's why it's so great when you have an upbringing or you go through shit times. It 100% makes you enjoy what you have now. Yeah. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. I don't know why that came out of my mouth. No, I just watched Hunger Games. I think that's why all fought on the top 10. I did it in two days. But it's just oh like, it makes you enjoy that more. But mm. it also does, I feel like it really does keep you humble. Yeah. And, and I feel like this is like a perfect, we always, end the podcast with uh do you want to go so oh, say no. the quotes creaky i feel like that's yeah, I got, I, got, yeah. I got two here you got to choose which champion quote best describes your view on life shout out champion proud sponsors of the performance circus yep. we love them got- creaky nice oh. phoenix green you've got going yeah, on south east melbourne it, phoenix. It, 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 <laughs> you know what She's okay Let's keep it arrogant, no. arrogant but look the which of these champion two quotes Best describes your view on life. The first one, your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Shout out to Steve Jobs. Well, number two, never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. Classic. Nah. <laughs> You've got two here. Who's that second one by? Uh, is that Coach Carter? Babe Ruth. Yeah, Babe oh, Ruth. Is Coach Carter? <laughs> Coach Carter. I had, you know, that, co- that Coach Carter quote that was like, Samuel was like your, your fear is inadequate beyond measure. <gasps> that was in my Facebook bio. Yeah, you are. Ill. Do you remember MSN? Like, <laughs> like you, oh, God. Appear offline waiting for my crush to go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Online now. Log out, log back in. Yeah. <laughs> Still doesn't want me. Yeah. <laughs> 
What a time, That was actually the hardest part of my podcast. When your email ended in at hotmail.com. If you I tell you not what, my shopping it. one does still end in hot <laughs> Mine does. Mine's yeah. Mitch underscore Creek. You just told That's it. I don't care. I don't check it. I get like 800 spams a day. <laughs> mine, a mine was Bexter underscore Rexter with a W-R-E-X. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Morgs, what was yours? No, yeah. no, Bexter no, was no, sexy. Oh, here we go. Let's go. What do you got? Oh, this is vile. I've Zoom never, in close. I've tight never shot. said this. My sisters will drag me <laughs> if I don't say it because it'll get posted. Come on. <laughs> Come on. It's not even that bad. I just think, no, actually, it's pretty fucking bad. Come on then. Do you remember? No, I'm going to tell yeah, this mini story. Do you remember when people used to say rocks, like she rocks with an X? <laughs> Hence the W-R-E-X-T-A-R for Rexta. I get it. <laughs> Mine was... <laughs> I can't even say it. Like, honestly, when I can't say something, I start to gag. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> My... <laughs> I'm starting to fucking sweat, you guys. We got some tissues. Yeah, where's the tissues? Fuck. Oh, I'm bleeding. <laughs> I actually just split my. Okay, fine. It was Morgstar Rocks at home. Morgstar Rocks. And I've just given myself concussions. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. That's so embarrassing. And it's still active. Yeah, she's, she's there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's actually never happened. Oh, sorry. Back to the quotes. You Do can you, put this on. I don't care. Uh, is it bleeding a lot? Nah, you're good. It's yeah. nothing really. It just looks like a mozzie bite. <laughs> you did a good job. We did a. Uh, can we make some kids tape for these corners <laughs> next episode? <laughs> okay, so for the 29 year old child, so yeah. we've got the, we got this. I think right. for you, what are the, what is it that your time is limited? So don't waste it living someone else's life. Or never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. The first one. Ooh. Yeah, your time. I think because the second one is. Definitely overused and overdone. I, every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, mm. something about fear of striking out. And then you see it in Pilates studios and stuff. And I'm like, what? I'm here to just build my ass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't need inspiration. Yeah, I just, I just want to do Donkey some kids and glute raises. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do like the first one, though, because I do think there are a lot of people out there that try to be someone else and they lose themselves. So, yeah. we'll go with that. Oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah, good. Well, Morgs, thank Morgs underscore. Rocks. Oh my god! Uh oh, I'm sending an email tonight off mine. I'm gonna add you on MSN right. see if I get a DM. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. We'll do a three-way chat. Th- thank you so much for coming on board. I've loved getting to know you. You're more than just an athlete. She. I'm so sorry, sorry, guys. This is not planned. <laughs> Keep going. Sorry. No, no, no. No, thanks for sharing more about your life. And um, I think for all young kids out there. Remember, stay humble. Remember that there is more to life than just, say, a sport that you're really good at or something that's really smart or there's so many things you can be passionate about in the world. So Mm -hmm. thanks to Champion for making this podcast possible. If you guys enjoyed it, give it a like, give it a share on any of your social media pages and um, we will talk to you at the same time next week. Let's go. Thanks, Morgan. Thanks, guys.